us as believers to know what we're up against. We are not magnifying the enemy because we're giving God glory, but we are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. So therefore, we're teaching about these things so we're not ignorant and that we will be empowered with the word of God. Amen? So follow with me tonight in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Now I'm going to read verses 10 through 12. I feel a heavy anointing right now. And I'm having a very hard time standing up here before you. I feel God's presence in such a strong way. I believe today we're going to shift to another level of glory. But I want to talk to you tonight about the battle in the invisible realm. A battle in the invisible realm. This is still talking about the seven spirits of the Antichrist. But I want to hone in for a moment on the battle in the invisible realm. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 and 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not your might, but his might. And it says, put on the whole armor of God. We should never pull off the armor of God. But put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the battle is not against Republican or Democrat, it's not against male or female, it's not against mother and father, but the battle is in, it's not against brother and sister. But it says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual, against spiritual rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what the scripture is saying, beloved, that the battle that we are fighting is not a physical battle, but it is a spiritual battle. And I'm going to try to take my time and teach tonight. Because the battle is in the spirit, it can only be won in the spirit and it can only be fought in the spirit. If you try to fight this battle from your flesh or from your suke, or any other means, you've already lost. This is a battle, beloved. Good versus evil. Light versus darkness. The kingdom of the underworld versus the kingdom of God. But Yeshua has already promised us. And even in our prayers, we are praying and and. How can I say this? We are praying and making a prophetic declaration. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is coming. And the closer we come to the kingdom of God coming, we're going to begin to see heaven and earth merge together. We're beginning to see a conflict between good and evil. And even more nowadays, we're seeing this conflict than we've ever seen before. The warfare now is different from when it was 10 years ago or five years ago. 
or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. It has intensified. And the people of God should not be ignorant to the devil's devices. And according to the book of Corinthians, we are to go from glory to glory. So we can no longer be in the same place where we were before. Holy Spirit is re-equipping us, says I'm being re-equipped. See, in this battle, we can't bring some old religious outdated methodology to try to deal with the devils and the prince of the air and the spirit that we're fighting now. It won't work. Religion has already given it its best shot, and they failed. But now God is raising his weas, the sons of God, the men and women of God who will walk in a greater level of authority and dimension and know who they are. And when you know who you are, you know who's in you and who you're representing. And you can remind the enemy that I've already won because I'm a, become an ambassador of Yeshua. I have now been apostolically sent, given dominion and authority over you. So we don't have to worry about what's coming. The devil has to worry about what's coming. Amen? Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord some praise. I pray tonight that your eyes will begin to open as you will see this battle that we're in. Now follow with me to the book of John, 1 John. First John 4. The battle is in the invisible realm. First John 4, verses 1 through 4. And it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God. Are you hearing this? So as a believer, God is telling us through his word to try the spirit. Because every spirit that presents itself to you or an avenue that you come in is not of God. So we are now living in a season where we have to try the spirit. I hope you guys are writing this down or y'all just quiet up. Hallelujah. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We're dealing with a lot of false doctrines and false teachings now. People have got away from the doctrine of the apostles, the apostles' teaching. They listen to all kinds of fables, all kinds of things. But people have a choice. They have a choice. Whereby... Know ye that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus, Yeshua Christ, is not come in the flesh, is of God. Whereby know that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Yeshua, Jesus Christ, is come in the flesh, is of God. How many people can confess that Yeshua is God, that he's come in the flesh? 
Oh, that's kind of weak and pathetic. If you believe that Jesus is God manifesting the flesh, stand to your feet and says, I believe. Come on. Amen. Amen. I'm glad of that. We don't have to cast out no devil's prophet. They all believe in here. And every spirit that confesses not that Yeshua is coming to flesh or Jesus is coming to flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. So John was saying, you heard that it was going to come. He says, you heard that it was going to come. And even now already is in the world. So this Antichrist spirit has been here for thousands of years. It's not nothing brand new. But what has happened is, because we're coming into consummation of time, this spirit has gained strength and has gained numbers. Year of God, little children, and have overcome, everybody say overcome them. So what John is saying, even though that spirit is here, you have already overcome it. It's not that you have to, you've already overcome it. Because if Yeshua is in you, you have already overcome the Antichrist spirit. And I'm going, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to present a case to you tonight from the word of God why you have power and why you've already overcome. So as we begin to see an increased level of warfare in the earth, we have already been empowered by the word of God, which carries legal jurisdiction in the realm of the spirit. See, there's laws that govern the underworld and there's laws that govern the realm of the spirit, and that is the word of God. Because everything is held by his word. His word will do whatever it says it's going to do. So when we are become a container of the word, we carry that spiritual jurisdiction with us. Are y'all with me so far? It says here, ye are, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater, because greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. And right there, you ought to put your hands together and give God some praise. You are overcomer. So regardless of what you see in the earth, regardless of how strong and how frequent we're seeing demonic spirits, you are overcomer. Matter of fact, as the earth begins to become darker, God is also increasing your light. Because we're also called the children of light. Hallelujah. Isn't God awesome? Now follow with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. It says here, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So what we're dealing with, we're dealing with the prince of the air. 
And that's why I think it was a couple few years ago when, and Brian, remember, we did a teaching on battle for the airwaves. The prince of the air wants to control the airwaves. Because whoever controls the airwaves has influence. But God has given us influence over the airwaves. Your voice will be heard. What rings out of you when it's resonated in the atmosphere will cause a shifting of the atmosphere and it will accomplish whatever target God hits. There is power in your speech. There's power in your word. And that's why we can command the devils and they must obey. Because we have been given delegated authority by God. So wherever we go, we don't have to worry about demonic spirits having authority over us. Because we become, we have become delegated authorities and when we open our mouth, they don't see you, but they see the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo! I feel like preaching a little bit. <laughs> Amen. So our battle is with the prince of the air and the battle over the airwaves. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, God, can I do this so gently? And what we have been experiencing is a lack of people exercising the voice of God in the world. The enemy has finangled, bamboozled, and tricked us and caused division so we, when we speak, we're not speaking as one voice. And then if he can cause divisions, what, my, what your mindset is, oh, that's their problem, not mine. Oh, that's their problem and not mine. Oh, I don't have to worry about this because this block belongs to us. That's what the enemy has done. But God never speaks to the church as being part, but as whole. And I'm here to prophesy that there is a remnant emerging of men and women of God that will not allow ourselves to be separated by race, by culture, by denominationalism, but we say we are one voice and one nation of priests and kings of our God with an apostolic voice in the earth to declare the coming of God and the glory of the Lord shall rise upon us. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. Hmm. I hope I got this right. Okay, yeah. First Corinthians 
chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 11. Is that all right? It says this. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So in other words, you can't discern the things of the spirit of God through your soulish realm or through the suke. Are y'all with me? Now verse 12. Now we have not received the spirit of this world. So we don't have the spirit of the prince of the air, but we are carriers and become a container of the spirit of God. How do you say that in the spirit of God in Hebrew? Ruach. Ruach. Ruach Makadish. What did you say? That's the Mexican version of it for me. <laughs> for we have not seen the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, watch this, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So what this is saying is, beloved, is when you walk in the spirit, when you begin to see manifestations in the earth, you won't compare it to a natural thing, but you will see it from the realm of the spirit, which will identify what you're really dealing with. Your eyes is open. You can't be bamboozled and fooled because you're seeing it from an ascended place from the eyes of the spirit and not from the lower level. Y'all with me so far? Now watch this. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Your flesh can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. But we're living in a spiritual dimension. And that's why we see people are not walking in the Spirit. And the enemy has been running making havoc. Because they're not in the Spirit. They're not seeing it from a spiritual perspective. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because... They are spiritually discerned. So you can only discern the things of the spirit when you're walking in the spirit. And when you start talking about the prince of the air, you're talking about a spirit. So the way we beat and win is by walking in the spirit. That's where your victory is. And some of us need to change our association. Because some of the people that we've been lingering around with are fleshly. They're not mindful for the things of the spirit. They can't channel the things from the spirit. The condition of this world is not a natural thing. It's a spiritual condition. And people are beginning to look for spiritual answers. And you have them. You have them. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord some praise. Let's go to the book of Colossians. 
Colossians. This Bible is starting to work a lot better. It's getting trained. It's starting to go to the scriptures that I need. It's working. It's working. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says here, For by him, Yeshua, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth. That includes demonic spirits, fallen angels. They were created by God. It says here, and everything in the earth, visible and invisible, where they be thrones of dominion, of principalities, of powers, all things were created by him and for him. So everything in existence, visible and invisible, was created by God. But what's happening, what we see here in the book of Colossians, is making it plain to the believer that there is an invisible realm of the spirit and we have to begin to walk in the spirit. Amen? Now, I'm going to shift and talk about ruling from an ascended place. Does anybody know what I mean about ruling from an ascended place? A higher place. Follow with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 19. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 18 and 19. We've read it before. We'll read it again tonight. It says there, And I say also to thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, when Yeshua had said that to Peter, he wasn't talking about him, Peter, being the rock. I know Catholicism teaches that the Pope was a rock, but he wasn't. Yeshua was referring to Peter. He said, upon this rock, let me back this up a scripture. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that he's the chief cornerstone. Bam, there it is, a rock again. The Old Testament even prophesied about the rock. Book of Revelation talks about the stone. He is the rock. It wasn't built upon a man. It was built upon Yeshua. He was the chief cornerstone. He says, upon this rock, I shall build my church. That's why the church is built in his name. He's coming back for a body called by his name. Not the name of a pope, not the name of an organization, not the name of a denomination, but him. And some people have taken that and created a whole denomination and a religion based on false teaching. Let the Reformation begin, Holy Spirit. It says here, and I say also to thee, Peter, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates, follow this with me, and the gates, come on, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
So he was saying that hell's gates will not prevent it. Can I bring something to your attention? Can I, can I, take, and, and can I take this from another angle tonight? The front of these doors, let's imagine this is gates. And when we leave, what do we do? We lock the gates. How many of you guys have a fence around your house? What is that fence for? Protect them. Is it to protect you? How? Keeping what? People out. So watch this. So the gates of hell were not created to keep people in. It was created to try to stop us. You'll catch it in a minute. And whenever someone is locked into a hellacious bound system, because you have the keys of the kingdom, you have authority to bust hell's gates down. We got keys to the kingdom. Gates are meant to keep people from getting in. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, the ecclesia. God has given you dominion and authority and power. The gates of hell cannot stop you. Oh, God. And I will give unto thee the keys. Everybody say, I've got keys. Notice he said keys and not one. I can't go there tonight. But I will tell you that you have keys of different dimensions and portals that are open to you. All right. I give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be what? Bound in what? Come on, church. And whatever you shall loose on earth shall be what? Can I give it to you in a, in a, in a non-King James version? In other words, whatever you allow, heaven is going to allow. Whatever you forbid, heaven's going to forbid. In earth and in heaven. <laughs> oh, my God, help me, Holy Spirit. Are anybody catching this? So you have jurisdiction in the spirit realm from the ascended place. Your authority goes on beyond just in the natural and in the earth realm. But the, the anointing that you carry resonates over into the realm of the spirit. Are y'all with me so far? All right. Let's get into some more meat. Follow with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 and 9. Then we'll go to Ephesians 2 and 6. 
Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 7 and 9. Ruling from an ascended place. Now watch this. But to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So I want to stop because we got to work this one. It said before he ascended, he led captivity captive. What is that saying? He led captivity captive. Let's break this down in a real simple term. Lucifer and his demons were captivity. They would put people in bondage. So what Yeshua did was led the captor and captured him and bound him up. Does that make sense? He led captivity, led captivity captive. And watch this. And then it says, and he gave gifts to men. So in other words, before he can pass on authority to us, he had to take authority that was lost. The Bible refers to him as being the second Adam. Remember, the first Adam had jurisdiction and dominion. And so the Bible tells us in Corinthians that Jesus became, a Yeshua became the second Adam after the spirit. So he had to give us back the dominion in the earth so we can advance the gospel of the kingdom. So he had to lead, lead captivity captive because Satan had a full ring and he was captive, he was capturing people. So what God did, he ca led captivity, that, that which was capturing people, he led him into captivity and bound him up. And then he gave gifts to men. He gave us the authority. Y'all with me so far? All right. Now, did I finish reading that? Oh, let me finish reading. Verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So he took dominion and authority over Lucifer, took the jurisdiction back from him. Now follow with me, if you will. To Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And it says, and he that raised up, and he raised us, let me slow down because I'm speaking too fast. And he has raised us up together, everybody say together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now the part that we miss is sit. So in other words, he's saying, I've caused you to ascend into the realm of the spirit and you have a resting place in Jesus where you can rule and have authority. <laughs> Woo! Y'all with me? My last point before we go into this any, deep, any further. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18.
28. One of the parting messages Yeshua gave his apostles, found in verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Hypothetically, say for instance, anybody got any keys? Use some keys. Brother, come in for a minute. Come up here for a second. Stand up here on the stage. This is a little, little break, little scenario. Say, for instance, this keys that you have right here open up many doors. This keys he's got can open up windows of heaven, open up different dimensions and portals. And say, for instance, hypothetically, this is Lucifer and he had the keys, right? So, what Yeshua did, he came to him and he took the keys of authority and dominion away from him and then bound him up so he couldn't have any jurisdiction over you. And then he turned around and says, watch this. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Here's the keys. Therefore, go. You don't have to worry about anything because I've already rendered him captive. The thing that, had you, that could have you bound no longer has jurisdiction. So I've already taken from that. There you go, go. You got it. That's how simple it was for him. Thank you, brother. Let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, you ought to shout, I've got the keys. I pray in the name of Yeshua that this season you will begin to operate these keys and portals that God has given you and begin to walk into the deeper things of God than you've ever had before. That some of the things you've been waiting for, you already have the keys, you just have not utilized them for the purpose that God has given them. But that season is over. Hallelujah. Now, we went over scriptures. I shared with you that the battle is in the invisible realm. I shared with you that we are seated and ruling from ascended place. We have dominion and authority over every antichrist spirit that's gaining strength in the earth. Now, last week we covered a couple of spirits from the antichrist spirit, but there's many, but we're just covering seven um, for the sake of time, and we're not glorifying the devil, but I want us to be aware of what we're dealing with. Now, I want to first reiterate what the word antichrist means. The word anti means instead of, or against, or oppose. Therefore, the antichrist can mean instead of Christ, against Christ, or opposing to Christ. The antichrist is a man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, who will lead the world into rebellion against God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 10, Revelation chapter 17. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 11, verse 7. 
He deceived the multitudes. Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. The Bible tells us about the dragon, the book of Revelation, that drew one-third of the stars. So Lucifer, he didn't come by himself. His tail drew one-third of the angels that came with him, and those are known as demons today, fallen angels. But there were once angels. So he drew one-third of them with him. Demonic forces can be identified by name, by their nature. We see what Jesus had dealt with legion, called him out by name. We read about the lunatic spirit, the dumb spirit. So spirits can be identified by name. Now I'm going to do a quick review um, last, uh, from last week. Last week we covered two um, spirits of the Antichrist. We covered the spirit of whoredom and we covered the spirit of deception. But tonight I want to go into the third and try to finish this tonight if we can. So the one that I want to talk about, number three, is the spirit of idolatry. One of the characteristics and one of the spirits of the Antichrist is the spirit of idolatry. Now I'm going to be reading a um, version from the Berean Study Bible, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 15. And it says, the second beast was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast, so the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship it to be killed. So the spirit of Antichrist will cause people to worship him. He wants worship. Remember, he tried to sit himself above God, and that's one of the reasons why he was kicked out. We also see in the book of Luke, chapter 4, where Lucifer dealing with Yeshua when he was led into the wilderness. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now, I shared with, I'm, I'm going to come back to that, but I shared with us that we're composed of, how many parts of man compose of, according to 1 Thessalonians? Spirit, soul, and body, right? And you in the earth, right? Can I tell you that that's another reason why Yeshua had to come? Because he had to conquer all three different parts of you in order to give you full authority. So he had to conquer the flesh because the first Adam fell. But that's why he says, I have overcome, so can you overcome. I've overcome the world. So I've already walked out in the flesh. The Bible says he was tempted in all manners, yet sin not. So he eradicate the excuse, well, I couldn't help myself. I had to do it. You did it because you choose to. Because we're in Christ, we've already been victorious. We do it because we want to, but don't use that as an excuse of your flesh. Because when you're in Christ, you've already overcome the flesh. He overcame it. So he had to make sure that we had, that we would be complete spirit, soul, and body, even in our mind. Jesus says, we talk about the soulless realm, this is with the mind, the heart, the emotions. He says, my peace I give to you. The world didn't give it to you, and they can't take it from you. So every now and then we forget about it, and we need to shift back into the peace of God so we can have that rest and joy. And then we already know that he took the spiritual dimension. He had to beat him. In the, in the spirit. And he beat Lucifer in the spirit. But in the book of Luke, Lucifer had told Yeshua, he says, all, he took him in flash in a moment, all of this is mine. The nations. He said, it is in my authority to give it to whoever I want to. 
He said, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you. And Yeshua says, get behind me, Satan. And Satan, and Satan fled. But watch this. The Bible says when Jesus returned, he returned full of the power and glory. And then his fame went about because he overcame. When he said, there, go ye therefore, that means he's already given us the authority and dominion and I'm already transferred it to you. Amen? Come on, let's get the Lord some praise. Hmm? Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. Talking about the spirit of idolatry. So when Yeshua was tempted of the devil, he showed him all the nations in a fraction of a time, Luke chapter 4. But that's a warning to you leaders and to all of us because there's a great revelation in there. And sometimes we read and we miss it. But watch this. Lucifer tried to tempt Jesus with his passion. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but everlasting life. He came for the nations. So the enemy will use your passion against you. And we also use your passion, thank you Holy Ghost, to try to give you something premature before the time. Jesus already knew that all the nations of the earth was going to belong to him, but Lucifer tried to give it to him before he went to the cross. That was all part of God's strategy and plan to become the Lamb of God. Amen. I'll let that resonate for a minute. It'll sink in. It'll sink in. It'll sink in. <laughs> so one of the third spirit that we've been talking about, spirit of adultery. And idolatry comes anytime you set things before God. You can set your kids before God. You can set your job before God. You can set man before God. You can set idols before God. You can set television before God. All kinds of things we worship and we set before God. And we're looking from it from a bigger plane and God's looking at it from a simplistic place. Idols. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God forbid, we've even made preachers idols. Worship leaders idols. You've set them in God's place. I remember a long time ago when I was a kid, my family going visiting Jim Jones up in Redwood City. Them people made this man an idol. And they followed them to their dooms. I've seen it. I was at his church, his house. Yeah. They made the man an idol. They start following man instead of following God. Hallelujah. We need to make sure that we don't set things before God 
we can even start in a simplicity. You can be your kids. You can set your kids before God, husband before God, wives before God. All of those things you can. You see idols every Sunday. But the idols have been broken now because of the pandemic. Some people would rather stay home and watch their favorite football team instead of coming out the house of God to worship. That team become your idol. You've exalted the Jacksonville Jaguars over God. Or the San Francisco 49ers, or the Las Vegas Raiders, or whatever team it is. Well, I'm not going to church today because my team is in the playoffs. Or whatever it is. It could be athletes. I'm just, I'm just trying to go real simplistic because we got to sing like it's so deep. But idols can be on a very lower level that you create and made that, that thing or that person become an idol. An idol can become a person, place, or thing. And now, person, place, or thing, you can make an idol. Y'all quiet in here, man. Y'all doing all right? <laughs> Y'all doing all right? <laughs> Praise God. I know sometimes it hurts a little bit, but we just say ouch and keep moving. Antichrist spirit number four. The spirit of mimic. The spirit of mimic. Follow with me to the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 6. I think we'll be out of here by 8 o'clock. Book of Acts chapter 8, verse 6 through 11. And it says here, let me read verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And unclean spirits cried with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them. And many take with them palsies were lame, were healed. And there was a great joy in the city. And there was a certain man called Simon, which before time the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, given out that he himself was some great one. So you see the enemy, let's read on, whom all they gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is great, power of God. This man is the great power of God. So he was performing sorcery. They weren't looking at it from the spirit. They were looking at it from the natural dimension saying this man is great. They weren't paying attention to the message that he was delivering but they were watching the signs. Verse 11. And to him they had regarded because that long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. So you see, you had a group of people that were focusing on what the man was doing and neglecting the message that was coming out. They were caught up with it. I'm also reminded of how Moses was commissioned by God. It says, take the staff 
When you come in front of Moses, lay it down. That staff became a serpent. And when Pharaoh seen this, he called for his musicians. And because they operated from a satanic power, they threw their staff down and their staff also became serpents. The enemy has power to mimic what God is doing. And unless you're walking in the spirit, you can be deceived by a mimicking spirit that looks and sounds like God, but not him. Operating through people. But when we're walking in the spirit, we can look beyond the smoke, lights, glass, and mirror, and see right in the realm of the spirit. We're also in a time where beloved where even we read in the Bible in John, he says, try the spirits. We just accept anything and just run with it. We have, I got you. We have to get the ignorance out of the church. We have to get the ignorance out of the church and be real people that are walking in the spirit moving in the spirit, not deceived. Now I'm going to answer people's questions. I want you to hold it because we're recording this tonight, so we'll answer questions when we're done. But we have to watch the mimicking spirit because the enemy has a way of, sh okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Wherever there's a great power of God being exhibited, the enemy has a way of showing up because they're drawn to it. That's why when you see Jesus come to town, the devils would come out and meet him. But God has given us power and authority. So the story went on. Moses' staff, a, a serpent, ate up their serpents. But it still, the enemy still tried to show up. Still showed up. I've even read the book of Acts tonight about uh, Acts chapter 13, how Paul just left Antioch, Barnabas, then had to deal with this sorcerer by the name of Elimaeus exhibiting power people were halted in between opinions so the devil has a mimicking spirit it also comes in a form of false anointings a false anointing Matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24 And I'm going to read verses 21 through 25. For then, and they hear this is Jesus, he's speaking here. For then shall be great tribulation, such was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, inasmuch if there were possible, they should deceive the very elect. And somebody tell me this is not a game. 
This is real talk. I shared last week what we're going to be teaching, and every leader should have been in this Bible study. This is a real, the game is real, folks. We're up against a real battle. What verse did I leave off with? Verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. So Yeshua said, okay, I've already told you about it. So when it comes, don't let it catch you by surprise. We are dealing with more false prophets and more false people saying that I'm Christ coming across. I've never seen it like this before. It's all over the world. I'm even listening to some lyrics of some music and then people are calling them Christ. It's a sign of the times. So beware of the mimicking spirit of the Antichrist. Number five, the spirit of error. Follow with me to the book of 1 John. I think we can be done in about 15 minutes. 1 John. First John 4 and 6. It says here, we are of God. He that know God heareth us. So the apostles are saying, if you know God, then you can recognize God's voice in us. And if you know God and we're speaking from God, you can, your spirit is connecting with what we're saying. Bear witness with your spirit. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know that, that we that, let me slow down. Hereby know we that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there's a spirit of truth and there's a spirit of error. And that's why you can see some people sometimes, I don't care how much you lay the truth out, they won't receive it. They're operating from a spirit of error. They, they're operating on an antichrist spirit and have a delusional mind, and you can show, show them the truth, they still will not receive it because they're walking in a spirit of error. And that's when you see this, you know what's going on. They're walking in a spirit of error. This antichrist spirit is very deceptive. It will try to operate with false doctrine and false teaching. Distorting the truth. The spirit of truth will liberate people in bondage. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Y'all bear with me. I know you guys get a little restless, but I'll try to get this done. I've got more time than I do word. I mean, I'm sorry, I have more word than I do time. Let's get it right. That is funny. I've always got full of word. It seems like the more I pour out, the more God pours into me. First Timothy 4 and 1. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that the latter times some shall depart from the faith, 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. That's what we're experiencing. People are being lured away by seducing spirits and giving heed to doctrine of devils. They're operating from a spirit of error. Not just church leaders, there's also government officials that operate out of that too. The devil has become a good puppet master. You know the puppet master? They dangle the strings, make the hands go up this way and walk that way and whatever. That's what's happening. Lucifer, the prince of the air, or his demons that's over cities and regions are literally have leaders become puppet masters. The demons are puppet masters controlling people, making them say certain things, walk certain things, do certain things, introduce certain laws, introduce certain doctrines. I'm going to do a whole series on, on the doctrine of the apostles and lay it out. Well, regardless if you guys accept it or not, but I have an obligation to do that. So that you're not deceived, but you know how to follow God by the Spirit and the Word. Two of the greatest forces we have in the earth is the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and those two are one. God will not move or say anything outside of His Word. That's the first thing you always look for. Can it be backed up with the Word? All right, number six, the spirit of blaspheming. Blaspheming is generally defined as an act of offense or speaking profanely about God or disrespecting the Holy Spirit. This end-time antichrist spirit will try to cause the people in the earth to disrespect God, and you see it all the time. You hear it in music, you see it in televisions, they're disrespecting God disrespecting the Holy Spirit. That's a spirit of blasphemy that flows from the Antichrist spirit. That's what he does. And this is why we're seeing more of it in the media, in music and entertainment. Because they're trying to use the airwaves to propagate their agenda and to influence This is what the prince of the air is doing. The game is real. Spirit of blasphemy. We've seen this type of spirit in the, in, the, in the entertainment industry. We've seen it. We see it all the time. We hear it. But it's here. And that spirit operates from the Antichrist spirit. I've got one more, and then we're going to answer some questions. Number seven. The spirit of bondage. Now I'm going to have to work with this one for a few minutes. Satanic bondage can come in three different ways. Physical. Where people are bound up physically. Sometimes it comes in the form of paralysis. I've seen this before where people are bound up. Sometimes this comes from unforgiveness and unconfessed sins. Or you're lingering on to issues that you refuse to let go. So because you refuse to let them go, you open up yourself to satanic attacks. And then all of a sudden now you physically are going through some challenges 
because of your unforgiveness and the hardness of your heart, you've opened up a door for satanic attack. Because in the kingdom, there is no sickness. If you're sick, you can call, the Bible says, call for the elders, you'll be healed. If you're sick in the name of Yeshua, you can be healed. But issues happen where people are not healed and not delivered because they're holding on to issues, which opens up a plethora of doors for satanic attack upon your physical body. People don't want to talk about that, but that's true. It's almost like having, it's almost like Pastor Avis getting upset with somebody and throwing some hot grits on them, sticks to them. <laughs> She's shaking her head. She's going to get me after service is over. So, satanic bondage can come in three different ways. Physical, emotional, and spiritual bondage. Talk about emotionalness, man. It's when you're, you're having a hard time loving, having a hard time letting go, having a hard time trusting. This comes from spiritual bondage and being bound up in your emotions. This is why the deliverance class is so important for us. So as we are liberated, we can also become a liberator to become liberate others. Sometimes people come, they're all bound up in their emotions. Emotions are all bound up, can't love can't trust, full of hatred, full of bitterness, all kinds of things in their emotions. But God comes to set them free. The Bible declares deliverance is the children's bread. He led captivity, led captivity captives and gave gifts to men. No one have to come into a house of God and to the presence of God are coming to a company with you where you carry this anointing and they can't be liberated. I'm expecting for greater miracles to begin to happen out in the community like they happened Friday. We're waiting for the church, but the church, you are the church. You carry it with you. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, give God some praise. When we talk about spiritual bondage, that goes quite deeper. Because normally when we talk about spiritual bondage, at some point there's been a major violation in trust issues. Where a person is bound up spiritually. Okay, God. If a woman or a man has been violated by a parent or a person of authority, they have a hard time trusting preachers because there's a spiritual connection there. They distrust a physical father so that would resonate even over to them trusting a spiritual father, which is God. That's a very deep subject that we don't talk about in church, but as we begin to move in a greater dimension, God will begin to send these people here to be delivered. And you have to know what you're dealing with. Hallelujah. I just hit something right there. Yes, God. God wants you to trust in him. 
everybody to stand. We can't go further right now. I've got to stop for a minute.